Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag, and what a sweet treat it is, right? Because it's a new episode. Right, and they're always a surprise. (laughs) I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And this week, we're taking a trip to 1999. I mean, people say that 99 is one of the most important years in, in film, and it's mainly because the remake of the House on Haunted Hill is released. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it was so important. It's so important we're going to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> Blaze loved it. Nope. <laughs> Drinking my jar of red liquid. Whatever that is. Is that tea? No. What is it? a secret <laughs> no uh we recently got a soda stream oh okay and i have uh i can't drink without it anymore <laughs> oh. every water has to be sparkling in this house now yeah, um it sounds like a real and, problem so i've i've been experimenting with like because you have to go to specific stores to get the syrups so i've been like getting those like mios and stuff like that and then just carbonating those Okay. Works pretty good. Nice. Well, uh, as usual, we're going to be having our other segments on the show. Blaze probably has all kinds of stuff lined up that's uh, not as fun as this movie, but... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, you know, he'll try. Mm. (laughs) I'll half-ass it. (laughs) But first, what's been going on, man? Oh, not much. Just... uh... Me and Paige trading off sicknesses this week. and Yes. Yeah, you just got over the cold. Paige is halfway past on the couch behind you with the cold. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's just the benefits of, of living together. Yeah, that's share, true. Share everything, so. Uh, you know, have we... So, we went with this recording thing called Zencaster. Mm-hmm. And now that we got it, there's a bunch of little things on top, and I'm really curious what they do. So we're going to test that out on the break, because it says dramatic piano, drums, and ballpark. Oh, boy. (laughs) So we might, uh, if I could just add our stuff in here, it'd just be instantly done. (laughs) That'd be pretty great. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other than being sick. I know that you were in a bit of a daze. Was there anything else that you did between episodes? Have I what? Done anything else between episodes? Uh, No. (laughs) Well, I've been playing through a lot of video games. I got a lot of video games going through. Did you? Um, Today we're going to talk about a a big release. Did you uh, happen to play any of uh, the new Star Wars game? Survivor? Yeah. No. Uh, nope, I've been playing a different brand new game. Did you uh, play... What's another big game that came out recently? <laughs> there was something else that came out. I was like, oh, Wonder Blaze played that. It may be the one you're talking about. I don't know. I think it might be. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, a well, sequel. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, last episode, I don't think we talked about the new season of Joe Bob starting. But now we're two episodes in. 
Yep, yep, that's right. Two episodes in. Um, season five. The first week, we got a Fulci double feature, and there were a shitload of guests on the episode. Um, yeah, some of which I was like, did you even need to be here? <laughs> nope. I mean, I love seeing David David Das Melchian, but I mean, he was there for 10 seconds. Bobcat, That's how Gold, Bobcat Goldthwait had a really awkward stand-up set and then a pretty good interview afterwards. Dan Housen um, showed up for 15 seconds. Dan Housen was literally not needed at all. He was there. No, he didn't do anything. No, like, I was no. like, why'd you invite him? Nothing does Dan Housen. No, no I love Dan yeah, Housen. That's why I was like, like, what the fuck? I was here for Dan Housen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, the first episode was set up like a talk show. It was like late night with Joe Bob Briggs. The late night driving with Joe Bob Briggs. And uh, yeah, it was like a talk show. And they show a Lucio Fulci double feature of Zombie and The Beyond, which I know Blaze will disagree with me, but is Fulci's two best films. I know. <laughs> it, it 100% is. Um, and then afterwards, Shudder on their mainstream followed it up with a showing of House by the Cemetery, which is fine. Um, which is the best Fulci movie. But they already showed on Joe Bob a couple seasons ago. So. Should have showed it again. Showed it with Eli Roth as the guest, I think, that episode. He showed a double of Mother's Day and House by Cemetery. Eli Roth was the guest. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you, you got to choose that was a, a good movies. episode. Um, but they also had uh, 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 who the fuck? Um, Jesus Christ, why did I just blank? Um, he does all the music for the Fulci films. Oh, Fabio Fritzi. Yeah, Fabio Fritzi was the uh, guest. He was like a house band, which I would love to see Fabio Fritzi do more. Fucking Fabio Fritzi and Joe Bob were working on a side project together at one point, I remember. Oh, I didn't know that. Them and like Frank Eero from uh, My Chemical Romance are doing some musical side project. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm guessing they all like were like, this isn't working. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, they did a cover of the Monster Mash. Um, it's on the last drive and vinyl I have over there. Um, oh my God, Rocky. What? We don't, I don't have to edit. I could just play it. <laughs> I could just play it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, no. Cause I, well, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Blaze is having epiphanies while we record, uh, making the show just a little bit easier for everybody. <laughs> yep. Especially Blaze. Um, but yeah, the first episode is good. And then of course this is Walpurgisnacht weekend. So, uh, I enjoyed this one better. Yeah. They <laughs> celebrated with a pretty great double feature of Witchboard and then the devil's reign, which are two of blazes. Oh, I, yeah. I really love both those movies. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's funny. I, I always say devil's reigns like really boring, but you know what? After watching it again, I'm like, you know, it's not as boring as I always it said it. Low burn. I think that the uh, my my review for the movie was melt man with the power to melt, um, <laughs> because the last 15 minutes of that movie are just a bunch of people slowly melting. Anton Lavey is in the film. He's not in it. Yeah, he is. He is what? Yeah, he's, I thought he was just a technical director. No, he's he's the high priest in it. He's a, he has like a helmet on in it. And uh, I post a picture of him like, nice helmet, you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, he is a nerd. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Bob called him straight up. 
on the show a fucking con man. So yeah, I mean, he kind of is. Yeah, yeah, but he is a nerd. And we talked about this not too long ago. What I thought about the Church of Satan and all that. How I think it's a fucking bunch of losers and stuff. <laughs> Greater Church of Lucifer, however, Church of Lucifer. There you go. That's 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 Levan Satanism. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, Devil's Reign is pretty good. I liked I like the uh, double feature. I love the Walt Pergeschnack uh festivities and i loved whenever yuki became the co-host on the episode oh yeah <laughs> so, yeah that was good yeah i, I like the i like the episodes where he has a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah, a lot of talking about a lot of the history because last year they did while purgish knocked also yeah that was a great one too was that elvira's haunted hills no they did they did um black sunday and it came over the second feature the black sunday and something else um and that's the one whenever like they got the picture of like joe Biden's like shirts up he's all drunk on like oh the, yeah the the ceremonial booze that they were drinking and he has like his bolo tie around his head <laughs> um but yeah it was just fun a lot, lot of uh a lot of witch talk and stuff and happy walt walpurgisnacht everybody even though you'll hear this after the weekend's done we're recording it during walpurgisnacht weekend still uh what else happened evil dead rise Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure what, is. What you, <laughs> you think of Evil Dead Rise, Blaze? Fuck that movie. And fuck you if you like it. <laughs> no, just no uh, I, I was not a fan. And uh, I went in totally expecting to be. Like, no, you did. You've been talking shit about it for months. <laughs> yeah, and I've also followed it up every time with, I know I'm going to go see it and love it. I think you went into it with a negative mindset already, and then you're like... No, Why I went you? in with a positive mindset. You could ask Paige. <laughs> like, I was ready. I was excited. I uh, People people are loving it. It has like a 90-some percent of Rotten Tomatoes still. That's um, a lie. A lot of people are loving that film, and I'm seeing all kinds of... People I follow that I'm friends with online being like, oh, man, I can't wait to go see it again. And I loved it. And it was fucking great and blah, blah, blah. I thought it was fine. I, I think I gave it a seven. A six. I think it's the worst of all the Evil Dead movies. I agree with that. Uh, I think it was completely fine. I didn't hate it. Um, I just left I just left feeling, feeling a little underwhelmed. I think it's really well made. I think it looks and sounds great. Um, and I like the cast. I think you, the kid actors yeah, were really it, good. Yeah, and I, the two women were really good. and. Honestly, it's the story that pisses me off more than anything. Yeah, you're really overanalyzing the story. That's not overanalyzing. That's some basic shit you better learn to cover up. A fucking secret priest, like, treasure trove in a, like, a fucking California parking garage? Fuck you. Yeah, like, explain explain everything that you don't like about the, the story before you go into it. Okay, so, yeah, that's one of the big things, uh. is... Number one, I almost feel like if you didn't say Evil Dead and you had something else cause this, I would have liked the movie better mm. because you didn't need it. You didn't need it to be Evil Dead to be a movie. Mm. Um, so, like, first off, it, it was like blowing my mind. Like, they were like, oh, so we have this... Uh, uh, we found this treasure trove of Catholic artifacts and blah, blah, blah from all these priests. And I got this set of records out of there. And it's like in your parking garage in California, you found that it's like, and before anyone goes like, well, maybe they built over it. 
bullshit. I say bullshit. That's a stupid argument because if they were building a parking garage, they would have had to clear out that foundation and that hole would have been found. It took a earthquake that happens in California all the time it to open up a tiny hole for a boy to fit through to find this hidden... It makes no fucking sense. And so... Kid starts putting on these records. Uh, spoiler alert. I guess. Uh, yeah, kinda. I mean, you know what they have to get? They have to get fucking... Yeah, I mean, you know what happens yeah. for them to be deadites. Yeah. But, so Kid starts playing it, and it's this... Uh, records labeled one, two, three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and he's like, first record. Oh, we could use the Necronomicon for the good of man. <laughs> Everyone's like... I guess you don't know what Necronomicon means. And record two, I'm going to recite the passages in the Necronomicon. Record three, don't listen to record two. <laughs> like, what a fucking stupid thing to do. Label, th- label three, two, and two, three, so the one can warn them before they listen to the last record. Or don't fucking... Break the other record? Like, very stupid shit. And then uh, another thing that I was very underwhelmed with, and I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying there was some good gore in it, but compared to the 2013 one, it was nothing. Right. Um, like, yeah. And then the other thing is when it's like, okay, you're doing absolutely nothing new with Deadites. They're just doing what Deadites do. And then it's like, oh, all the deadites are going to combine into this one creature, which you see the shadow of for like 10 minutes. And then it gets thrown into a wood fucking chipper. And fuck you, stupid movie. Go on. <laughs> I think I think everything with the safe. I, I was fine with that. <laughs> I think it, I listen. I, I feel like we forgive movies with even dumber things than that and don't fucking break it down nearly as much. So I'm I'm fine with the fucking safe being under what? Well, here's what I'm saying is like we acknowledge when we like a dumb movie. Yeah. But usually that's because it's fucking silly and ridiculous. And that's why we love it. Like the gate and shit like that. Like silly, but great. Mm-hmm. But this is like playing off like it is completely serious. Like you better like there's nothing funny about this fucking movie. No, I don't feel like that at and- all. I feel like that was the 2013s. Uh, I I feel like yeah, one, but that was a good story. <laughs> it was a good story, but this one doesn't. I, I don't think this one has like. I think this one isn't as serious in 2013. One, I think it is trying to have fun. I just don't think it goes and has as much fun as it could or as goofy. So I I, I feel like it's doing things tongue in cheek, but doesn't do it at a rainy level. So whenever safe shows up under the the, the complex, I'm just like, eh, whatever. It feels like more is where the fuck are they pressing the vinyl? That that was that was a question. That's an argument. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the like where they pressed the vinyl was was, was the argument to me. And what if they did? Did they have to like like maybe they can make a movie spinning off of that? Where they yeah, made that's a vinyl another good point. Like a whole like Why warehouse a- was attacked by deadites. <laughs> okay, yeah, you made another argument for me. How is like what facility is the Catholic Church using to like record vinyl? Like, wouldn't they be on cassette tapes? Like, do they have like Jack White in the back of the church, like recording all this stuff at his little record yeah. shop? That's gonna be the next. Like, that's gonna be the next movie. It's gonna be fucking going back in the Delta, back to record the 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 incantations. 
<laughs> and Jack White's going to be like, it was a really great experience, and you really felt everyone's soul there. Yeah, I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Jack White. <laughs> there's nothing really wrong with you, but fuck yeah, you. Yeah, like, there's nothing really I should like about you, but for some reason, I just don't care. Um, yeah. No, my, my, the Hard Times covers him the best. My, 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 yeah. My problem is basically that with as bloody as it all is, and it is super bloody, there's nothing that was like super fun. Okay, so you can go the Raimi way where you have everything that's excessively creative and has kind of this punk rock mentality. And and you can tell how much they're having like a lot of fun with everything and making all these different things and how the beats for the scares are and how things happen are always a little off. So it keeps the crowd moving with it. Um, or you can go the Fetty Alvarez way whenever you have it's it's darker and it's gorier, but the violence in it are things that you can feel because they're things that you can actually relate with. So whenever the guy gets stabbed in the eye with a needle and broken off, you had to see him pull the needle out from under his eye. Um, or whenever they eat the glass, you see the shards like coming through the neck or something like that. That's something that you can kind of connect with. I think that the razor through the tongue, yeah, the razor through the tongue. I think the movie, the turkey, yeah. Like the gore was amazing in that. Oh yeah, movie. yeah, it's great. But um, I think in this movie, the violent there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of gore, but there's never any moment except for maybe two. Whenever I was like, ooh, like like I think the cheese grater scene where the cheese grater goes, but I think I would have I think I would have done a little bit more with that. Um, and there's a part where a pencil goes into an Achilles tendon. Um uh those two parts, but everything else is just like there's a better better pencil murder in the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> multiple, multiple pencil murder. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's Whenever people are just get sliced up with the chainsaws and like all them blown up on fire and stuff like that, just like okay, well yeah, it's bloody and all that, but I never feel like they're having as much fun with it as I think they could. I, I shouldn't be two sets have been like, okay, well here's what I would have done to make this crazier, weirder. Like I feel like they could have done so much more with the end um, creature and what that thing is. Um, I would have had. I, I think that. Parts like that, you could have went really wild with it and have a lot of fun with it. I just feel like they never do. Um, I mean, my my letterbox review was only half joking where I'm like, Lee Cronin not using fucking DSI's Dead by Dawn as the end credits. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Because yeah. if, if you want to play that in the credits, I knew that we were on the same page. It's like, I was having fun with this. It said, like, even like the end credits was like, all right, here's some like eerie music and pages and pages of the making I was like, eh. Also, I feel like it's almost like the same problem I have with Scream 6 is that if you're changing the setting of your movie, right, where okay, we're getting out of Haddonfield, we're going to New York. Well, you better use the fuck out of that location. The idea of going out of the woods into an apartment building, I feel like they don't really use the setting that well. Like, it's like kind of like no, ego-ish, no, no, no. like dark and already dilapidated building, but only this one floor is affected by it. Like, I want to see, like, Gremlins 2, like the building in there, or, you know, some other type of, like, big industrial, like, building with a lot of people in there and turning dead eyes. There's so many fun things you could do with that concept. I feel like it all feels very focused into this one um, apartment and this one hallway, which is fine. 
Um, I also agree with you that you had a problem. You told me you didn't bring this up yet, but you told me, and I agree that um, the the fact of her being guitar tech, they really didn't have any. Fun with oh yeah, they, they could have had a lot of fun with that. Like they could have used fucking guitar amps as weapons. Or something like that. And the only thing they use is they're reworking a fucking battery to play the fucking record. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, why? Like, <laughs> and the other problem I have is, is that the movie's clearly about mothers and, you know, the idea of like, if your mother, you rely on the, the parent figure as the protector, what happens whenever that protector leaves and what happens whenever an, a, a person has to take on that responsibility. Right and how they handle and how they adapt to the situation. And that's a big part of the movie. But I, I feel like it's just kind of there and they don't just they don't follow through with the focus on that so much. I feel like there's more buildup about her relationship with her kids other than just like, this is mom. Mm-hmm. And she sent us out to get pizza. <laughs> and she's a <laughs> tattoo artist, I guess. <laughs> it, then it's it's whatever. But I feel like I feel like if they kind of just if she started acting weird Little by little, if they took a little yeah. bit more, time, yeah, no, that was like, like she's a fucking deadite now. I'm just like, all right, well, I guess she's fucking deadite. There's no surprise. We're too used to this franchise where it's like we know it's coming, but let's let's milk it just a little bit. Like we know we're going to get there, but it's one of the yeah. movies I said. 15 minutes may have helped it more than a shorter runtime. Uh, yeah, there's part of me like I was just like, I don't know. I'm so bad at like letting people enjoy things <laughs> like, I, I really don't like it and, like, so I, like i'll see it i'll be like they can feed you fucking anything <laughs> like they can give you whatever the fuck you let they'll shit in your mouth and you'll like it <laughs> yeah i uh not like that i mean people loved it i i thought it was completely fine um i think there's some good moments in it i like the cast um no the cast was fine like everyone was the the acting was fine but again it was another one of those movies where it's like wow i don't give a fuck about anybody in this movie yeah. like they did maybe not give a shit sure. and, I, and i love the um i love setup and i like that the beginning of the movie is a lot of setup like zemecca style like putting all those little pieces there and then them using it all later on <laughs> you know like you see the pencil drop on the ground and get knocked into the bed earlier in the film and then they use that pencil later on, or, you know, do you see the, uh, or Staffney or like whatever. Um, I just like that little, like putting all those little place things in place and then paying it off later on. I, I always love that in movies. So, um, it's fine. Like I said, I gave it like a seven or I go between a six or seven. I didn't hate it, but I just underwhelmed. Yeah, it is very underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, do you see they're making a sequel to demon wind? <laughs> what? <laughs> Please say it's not a big company doing it. I don't think it is. Um, we we talked about Demon Wind on a previous episode. Um, Didn't we have an episode yeah, of Demon that's Wind? That's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I, th- I thought you meant like we talked about it. I'm like, I thought we had yeah, a whole we, we had a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, we, we had a whole episode of it. Um, it's a movie that came out in 1990. Low budget horror film. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put out a Blu-ray of it um, a few years back. And it's a completely fine, goofy film with its charms, low-budget charm in it. Um, well, now, 30 years later, um, <laughs> they're making Demon Wind 2. Um, Who? And uh, let me see. Who's making Demon Wind 2 is my question. 
Let's see. So they're trying to fund it. <laughs> it's come from Grimehouse Films and Tear Mathis Production. So clearly it's just a, um, clearly it's a low budget. <laughs> uh, like, hey, let's bring this back because it was it's popular. Um, I don't know if anybody, I should have probably done more research on this. But uh, they're doing an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. It'll launch in July. And uh, principal photography commences in late fall or winter. Um, Eric Mathis tells the site, like many of us, I've been a huge fan of the original Demon Wind since I was a kid when my older brother rented it and I secretly watched it after he left after he left it out. For years, I've been trying to track down the rights owners and I finally managed to arrange a phone meeting and work out a deal producing stuff. So basically, this is going to be like when they did a sequel to Samurai Cop just because like, oh, people fucking like it. It's fucking popular. And it was, it didn't have the charm of the original movie because no, because they were trying, trying to make Samurai Cop. And the thing with like movies like Demon Wind or Samurai Cop or like the same reasons I don't want to see them make a sequel to Spookies. It's like, you can't make a sequel to these movies. Why those movies kind of have this cult following to it is because it had that charm of incompetence and low budget. They weren't trying to make a bad film. It just turned out that way, and that's what makes it so watchable. So whenever you're trying to like, we're going to make a movie, we're trying to do that, or even we're going to do a competent sequel, neither is interesting as the original one. Like, let's just let's just not. Let's just not do that. Yeah, let, just let it le- live in its infamy. Yeah, that's completely fine. Um, that's like if they're like, we're making Miami Connection too. I would burn that studio to the ground if they tried yeah. that. Um, Unless, unless homeboy came back to make it, uh, what's his name? Can't remember the 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 Orlando's Taekwondo <laughs> yeah. teacher. Yeah, you, it was all shot in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else really? Oh, Christopher Robin is getting an R-rated TV series. Like what's the like what? since Winnie the Pooh went to the public domain? It seems like they are just milking this R-rated shit with. <laughs> Did you watch Blood and no. Honey yet? Me neither. No. Uh, they released. It's got a zero percent. I really want to see it. <laughs> they released a teaser for uh, the new Twisted Metal series. Did you Why? watch it? <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> uh, they're making a TV series on Peacock that's going to be Twisted. Twisted Metal, starring Anthony Mackie as an original character, as he's kind of going through the world. You see Sweet Tooth in the trailer briefly. It doesn't look bad. It looks like the black version, Twisted Metal black version. Um, Oh, I was like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> like, I could have that better. Twisted Metal Black. Um, yeah, you could have worn yeah. that way better. Twisted Metal Black version. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the Exorcist. The Exorcist Believer. <laughs> first. That sounded so bad. You know, I love Sweet Tooth, but you know, one of those black versions. <laughs> no. The metal black version of Sweet Tooth. <laughs> okay, go on, Exorcist. Uh, 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 Exorcist. Believer. Turns out that's going to be the new Exorcist movie that comes out in fall, directed by David Gordon Green, who did the last three Halloween films. Uh, he showed the first footage of it, <laughs> of the Exorcist Believer at CinemaCon, and people liked it, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if they were being well, nice. Well, it's CinemaCon, and it's like a, a reason why CinemaCon used to be called something different before, and they changed it, changed the name to CinemaCon, because it's like Comic-Con, where they just show you a bunch of trailers and shit like that, and everybody's like, it's the best thing I've ever seen about everything. So it probably doesn't mean anything. 
Did it used to be called Ass Kisser yeah. Fest? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's going to be coming out later on this year. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see if there's anything else noteworthy. Uh, Fetty Alvarez celebrate uh, Alien Day was this past week. Um, it's April 26th. It's Alien Celebration Day. Uh, Fetty Alvarez dropped his a set photo of his Alien movie that he's working on. So speaking of Evil Dead 2013, Fetty Alvarez's new movie is a new Alien film, and he released some behind the scenes stuff there for Alien Day. So Alien. <laughs> Alien! <laughs> oh, that's the best scene of that fucking movie. Um, all right, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, I don't think I. Do you want to? You want to see? Test this out. See if it works. Sure. Are we going to go to break first? Or uh, just going to do it right now? Yeah, I got okay. it right here. <laughs> I got. Uh, okay. <laughs> Paige is dying. Sorry. <laughs> we, we, we warned up uh, at, the, at the top of the episode. So we warned huh? at the top of the episode. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about it. Yeah, that's true. All, All right. right. Let's see if this works. All right. Trailer time. Is that it? <laughs> Is that the whole trailer? Oh, there we go. <laughs> In a world with sound effects. Can they just hear the trailer right now? This yeah, is no, no, but why can they can they hear all the to hear the trailer? Six strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win one <laughs> Which million one is dollars <laughs> each. The only catch is that they'll have to live. Can, they, can they just hear the trailer? Or can they hear the mics also? Let the games begin. Yeah, they hear everything. That's what I was I'm leaving this in. Fuck you. <laughs> That worked. Oh wait. <laughs> this is a long trailer. <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> 
Okay, that's it. That's the whole trailer. <laughs> it was just like a random amalgamation of sounds. I mean, that's basically the movie also. I mean, that's um, true. Um, I, I will say, though, I was kind of expecting a in a world. Oh, wait, they did then, have that. And then nothing else. Yeah, voice number one. In a world. Ah! Uh, we may have to go back and edit that trailer back in, but... I'll edit we'll, we'll it back see, in. We'll see how it sounds. <laughs> Hilarious, I'm sure. It's probably awful. Uh, but yeah, uh, The House on Haunted Hill, 1999, the remake of the William, William Castle classic. Got tongue-tied there for a second. From 1959, I think it came out 40 years after um, to the year. Uh, we talked about William Castle multiple times. Uh, William Castle was a, a director, showman, snake oil peddler. <laughs> uh, that made movies like The House of Honda Hill, 13 Ghosts, The Tingler. Uh, made a lot. And his whole thing was he was a showman. He felt like wherever you went to see movies in the theater, that you should have an experience. And so you would go see a movie of his and there would always be some type of gimmick. Um, 13 Ghosts, that came with like glasses that uh, while you're watching a movie, they would tell you, hey, if you're too scared of ghosts, then don't wear the glasses. But if you aren't, then wear them. And basically, you wouldn't be able to see the ghosts because they were color-coded um, unless you had, which were basically early 3D glasses, um, which would show the ghosts um, that were in that color scheme. Um, things like that. You always had like a little bit of gimmick. The best one, most popular one that William Castle did, of course, was for the Tingler, when he had buzzers put into certain seats in the auditorium. Um, so whenever the tingler would show up, they would hit a switch and one of the, uh, one of the seats would go off, um, shocking, not, not a violent shock, but like a little like buzz, you know, um, like those weird strength games they have, just kind of give a little jolt to the, to the, uh, the viewer, a little, little scare. So, um, house of Haunted Hill probably had the weakest, um, gimmick it was called emerjo and emerjo was basically later on um for anybody that doesn't know house on the hill was 1959 movie starring vincent price uh invites a whole bunch of people to come up to a house for the weekend uh for a party um that his wife wanted to throw uh and he says hey this house is haunted as shit you stay all night then i'll give each of you ten thousand dollars for which at the time was a lot of money uh, but, uh, this house is haunted. Uh, but if you make it through, you will get the money. And of course, shenanigans happen to a twist that I'll spoil now because we're going to spoil it in the remake as well. It's a super, super elaborate scheme to kill his wife and her lover. Um, <laughs> it was an insanely yep. elaborate scheme that if literally one part went wrong, the whole thing would be fucked. It is the most convoluted scheme to get rid of both of them. Um, but of course, Vincent Price gets away with it, as far as we know. Um, at the end, I mean, he kills both of them. We don't know, if, you know, they're going to put him in court or not. But uh, near the end, there's a skeleton that's involved. Emerjo is basically uh, they just dropped a skeleton from a pulley system in the theater <laughs> in front of the screen, and kids apparently just throw coke, uh, their coke cups at it, and popcorn and bottles, <laughs> trying to knock it down. So it wasn't the best uh, uh, gimmick that William Castle did. Uh, but William Castle was super um, influential in a lot. 
lot of directors and, and, and showmen. Uh, Joe Dante made a movie called Matinee uh, that came out in the early 90s starring John Goodman as a William Castle-type character. Um, it's very good. Uh, so, of course, years, years, and years later, um, Joel Silver, and famous movie producer Joel Silver, and Robert Zemeckis, uh, who already were the producers on Tales from the Crypt. Um, and I think we kind of talked about that when we talked way back before when we talked about Death Becomes Her. We talked about Robert Zemeckis, how he directed that. And it feels like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Um, Gil Silver and Zemeckis are already doing that show. And of course, for anybody that doesn't know Robert Zemeckis, directed Back to the Future, um, Forrest Gump, things like that. They went uh, with um, Gilbert Adler and they made a company called Dark Castle Entertainment using William Castle's name. And um, Dark, we we don't deserve Dark Castle. <laughs> we 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 should do we should do a mini a mini season of Dark Castle films. And the, the next two, this episode, the next episode, we're actually going to be talking about the very first two movies that uh, Dark Castle produced. And I'm just gonna I'm just going to read you the first five movies that they produced and put out: House on Haunted Hill, Thirteen Ghosts, Ghost Ship, Gothica. House of Wax. <laughs> what a lovely lineup that was of remakes nobody asked for. <laughs> that were so of the time. Oh, very, very much of, of the time. time. Like, Ghost Ship has an amazing beginning and a terrible rest of the movie. But the first five minutes of that movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Dark Castle, they decided, hey, we're going to just... We're, I think at first they just wanted to remake William Castle films. Um, but they ended up, I think, just doing more stuff as it kind of went along. Um, but this was the first movie that they produced. They got William Malone to direct this film. William Malone had already shot episodes of Tales from the Crypt. He's a uh, horror director that... He shot for Tales from the Crypt. He did an uh, episode of Freddy's Nightmare. Um, he also had a Masters of Horror episode. As far as his big movies go, though, it was this. And then right after it, he made... I don't think I've ever seen this film. But I remember the poster for it. And I remember the VHS cover of it. Um, and I remember being a lot of comic book... Like advertisement comic books. Um, Fear.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I have Do the VHS. You? Do you like Fear.com? Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean it's fine for a '90s it horror come out movie. In the 90s. Or two thousand two, yeah, two thousand two. Um, but he he directed. I still consider that early late '90s. He, he directed this. Um, I guess that this was already in development. They they already said that they wanted to make a House on Haunted Hill remake. Um. And Wayne Malone said he was a fan of the original and it was a huge influence of on him wanting to become a director. So he was like, I'll do it. Um, Gilbert Adler, who was one of the producers uh, from Dark Castle, he said that he felt the film was totally different from the original, but he wanted to retain the spirit of the original. And I watched the original right after watching the remake um, just to see like the similarities of it because it's been a couple of years since I watched the original, even though I've seen it a multitude of times. Um, 
And there is a lot more there there are a lot more similarities than I remember there being between the remake and the original one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um just setup wise, and there's like little things that are in the original one that they did very heightened. Well, I know the casket one with the little casket well, okay. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Russian a Russian doll of uh <laughs> Russian nesting doll of guns <laughs> and coffins. Mm-hmm. Um Man, that would really fuck some people up. Or are you afraid of the? <laughs> which, we'll get, which we'll get more into. Um, notable things: Greg Nicotero, Robert Kurtzman. They did the um, effects for the movie, um, including as his last film credit, Dick Smith. They use a Dick Smith creature in this movie that he made for a movie back in the eighties that wasn't used, and they put it into this film. Was it the one that was in it's the hallway? It's the one that when we get to it, there's a part whenever a character gets put into a machine that makes you go crazy. And um, right. it's a creature in that dream that has a mouth where its face should be. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they use that. But um, I think that's all the stuff. Everything else we'll kind of talk about. Uh, the movie, of course, stars Jeffrey Rush, Tay Diggs, Ellie Larder. Uh, Chris Kattan. Joffrey Rush's um, best role. Uh, Peter Gallagher <laughs> is in it. Famke Jansen and um, Bridget Wilson. All these people went on. I mean, they were either already known or went on to continue to have careers after this film. This like wasn't a career killer for any of these people. This is a, a moderate success um, and all familiar faces in it. Uh, yeah. And uh, the script... This isn't the movie where Chris Catan was injured, was it? No, he injured himself. I think he injured himself on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I think it was he Saturday injured himself Night on Live. set during Saturday Night Live. I mean, he was so on Saturday Night Live at this time, I believe, in 99. Um, yeah, okay. Everything else will kind of just hit as we kind of go. William Malone, um, he said that he co-wrote the script and but didn't give himself any credit <laughs> with uh, Dick Beeb. I guess is how you say his last name, B-E-E-B-E, Beeb, or Beeb. <laughs> Dick yeah, Beeb. I think so. <laughs> Dick Beeb. Uh, we say, but I didn't take any of the credit for, for my, I wrote 20% of the screenplay. It's like, yeah, because probably the last 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. So you want to get into it? I'm ready. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You want to start? You want me to start? Um, okay. I'll start. You start yeah, last time, right. I think. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the first is this uh, set. Of, uh, we're setting a, a very sepia tone, so we know it's the past. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway for being in the past is that everything years ago was in sepia yeah. <laughs> um so we have the uh small amount of jeffrey combs actually talking in the movie sure. <laughs> uh working on a patient doing some weird thing where he's cutting yeah. open and his this, stomach which I'm like, wait a minute, this is an yeah, asylum. What giant, are you doing? That's, that's also the thing with the movie. It's not a house on Honey Hill. It should be called the asylum on Honey Hill. It's a giant Asylum. (laughs) Yeah, a giant asylum that they put on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, it's like super... Which seems like 
a really bad idea if there was it's ever like super a super gothic <laughs> and w- which happens in the movie also <laughs> yeah. uh which mm-hmm. is, is super gothic looking and they're like yep this is the house of honey house like it's not a house <laughs> unless it's like that that term like house for you know the criminally insane it's arkham asylum arkham asylum is in <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what it looks like um it does look like a 90s batman yeah. kind of building um so we start off at a theme park that me and Rocky are very well, that's, familiar well, with. That's all that happens uh, in, that, in that flashback scene. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, all of the uh, patients uh, start banging on this chamber, like, viewing window for the operation. And they're starting to realize, like, oh, shit, all the patients got out. Yeah. Um, we flash over to the man that was sharpening pencils that I yeah, didn't he was mention. Just the security guard right. there eating a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. They break through the glass and they stab straight through his neck with three pencils. And I was like, damn, yeah, that's yeah, pretty I good. Mean, <laughs> great Nicotero effects. The, the gore effects aren't bad in the movie. Yeah. The uh, 3D effects. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah. I can... Oh. I, I think those guys went on to start doing WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Let's start doing those effects for the. Um, so after uh, this little flashback into the past, um, actually, you know, I was just thinking, I don't know if I got to finish that part because I had to go back to the. Was so, that it? So yeah, they, they they take over the asylum, and then like it turns into a like um like a news broadcast, almost like uh what's that one unsolved mysteries or something like that, where it's like oh yeah, and all these murders happened in in this facility, and that's why it's now known as the House on Haunted Hill. And the original in the screenplay, they originally wanted Christopher Lee for that role of like the uh, of the host of that show, but they couldn't get him, so they got somebody else um and famke jansen is watching it uh from uh, what she's taking a bath and she's drinking a bloody mary watching it um and uh famke jansen in the movie um (laughs) what are their names evelyn stockard price and the next scene we meet her husband played by jeffrey rush stephen price which is, of course, a reference, which is, of course, a reference to Vincent Price. What? You're kidding. <laughs> but okay, you know, now, now you can go. Okay, so now we're at a theme park me and Rocky are familiar it's with. Uh, standing in front of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I, I, was, I was missing lines of dialogue. Yeah. I was so distracted. <laughs> I was like, that's the Incredible I'm like, that's, Hulk. That's the like, whole Marvel, like opening like uh entrance into the marvel island <laughs> we would try to cover it up so she goes yeah so she goes well what's different about this roller coaster mr who, stephen who price a, who is she is interviewing a, uh, at the moment who is yeah, a theme park park vocal. Vocal. uh yeah um and he goes well it's got an elevator and the elevator goes to the top it's 25 yeah, cameraman is a. Uh, She's a Marsden from uh, fucking Spike from Buffy. <laughs> was that Jason? Ma- I thought Jason it was Mas- Masterson yeah. or something. Yeah, I was getting him and James Marsden's fucking James names Masterson. mixed up. 
I thought it was for for some reason. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was the older brother from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> no, <laughs> look kind of like him. <laughs> yeah, James Mar- um, James Marsters. So yeah. So they go in um, to this elevator to go to the top. Whew. Sorry. Um, woke up late today. Um, so they start taking the elevator to the top of the roller coaster while they're interviewing him. And they're like, oh, well, is you know, there anything that could go wrong? Is there blah, 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 something wrong with this ride? And they're like, oh, I wouldn't be opening it if there was something wrong. And then it stops at the top and they're like, oh, crap, like this is bad. And for some reason, the elevator has a cage at the bottom so you could see below you, which would be a great way to scare people. (laughs) Um, And he starts pressing the emergency button. He's like, ah, just uh, something's wrong. I'll, I'll figure it out. He's like, you see, we have these safety stabilizers and they make it so like nothing could go wrong. And that the safety stabilizers break. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, God. They're like, wait, what's wrong? And then they start plummeting to their doom and falling and falling. They're like, oh, stop it. He's like, I didn't plan for this. And whoop, the screen cuts out. Ha ha, you were tricked. <laughs> which which feels like that ride would only it work like fun. one time. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't like be good anymore. people in that ride out of fucking time. There was no way in fucking line to go on there. Unless you want to make an entire roller coaster ride specifically for Halloween, unless you just had that elevator there, just to trick them, and it's not used for anything else. What's the prank? Yeah, that's yeah. But then they go on to the Hulk, (laughs) and they show you the launch bay and everything. It's like it's the fucking Hulk. The best thing though is when they open up the fucking the elevator opens. Like, no, we're actually here, and it's at the it's at the front of what's supposed to be the front of. Where the um, the two yeah rides um, of of Incredible Hulk where they where you get launched launched out, um, which mm-hmm. is actually a rare projection. Of course, they edited Jeffrey Rush into it because they uh, uh by him. It, which, yeah, it if be. that was tr- true, the wind force would have been so strong it would knock him off <laughs> the fucking ledge, and we wouldn't we wouldn't have had yeah. Captain Barbados. Uh, Jeffrey Rush. Uh, apparently, according this is such a weird way to quote this uh, in this bit of trivia, <laughs> but apparently the original screenplay describes Stephen Price as a regular-looking businessman. So he wasn't supposed to have a mustache. What does a regular-looking businessman not have a mustache? <laughs> like he's a regular-looking, he's a regular-looking businessman. No mustache on him. He's regular-looking. Uh, but uh, yeah, businessman. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush wanted a mustache. Um, to look more like John Waters, he said, um, which they gave it to him. But then after they gave him the mustache, he looked so much like Vincent Price that that uh, uh, the director was like, no, we're keeping it because it's a great reference to Vincent Price. Uh, but originally he wanted to look more like John Waters, apparently, which John Waters is also highly influenced by Vincent Price. Um, between him and Little Richard is the reason why he has his mustache. So I guess it, it all it's all the same thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, everyone's yeah. inspired. William Malone also got beautiful. the idea for um, this being set in an asylum from his episode of Tales from the Crypt. Apparently, when they're shooting, they shot in an asylum for his episode, 
And uh, the crew kept getting freaked out when they were going to the basement of the asylum. So he wanted to use one for this film. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like the uh, roller coaster scene. Um, I, I love that kind of sets up that Stephen Price is a complete fucking bullshit artist. And he's almost like a William Castle artist in his in his own right, right? Because he's all about giving an experience. And even if he has to like mess with the setting and, and everything like that, you see them, which I don't know how the fuck this works because people would clearly see them sitting in the cart. But he's even putting like dummies right. or animatronics into the cart that act certain ways. Um, yeah. Which, whenever you're loading into the cart, you would immediately notice that thing sitting there. Yeah, you'd be like, "Hey, why are they loading yeah, exactly. that cart with dummies?" But he's always, and, and it plays a little, it plays into the movie a little bit later on, but not really. I wish they would have had a little more fun with it, where he's trying to control things and stuff um, within within the uh, the asylum, uh, but they don't really do anything with that at all. Um, but I do like that he's almost like a William Castle kind of character where he's trying to mess with things um, and trying to entertain people that way. So that's our introduction to Stephen Price. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so then as they're riding the Incredible Hulk, like, and I'm sitting there like, man, I wish I was on the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um. Uh, he's on the phone with his uh, wife, who they obviously disdain each other, but also talk a lot on the phone. The, so <laughs> the original House of Han Hill, I'm sorry to keep on bringing it up, audience, but I mean, you kind of have to compare it since it's a remake. The, the, yeah, the oh, yeah, relationship between each other Vincent Price too. and his wife in that film, they hate each other. Um, but it's like very well put together and everything like that. I like they're kind of sniping and all that um, to where they kind of talk shit about each other also in front of people. In this movie, it's like 90% of their fucking dialogue is literally just shitting on each other. In every situation. Yeah, fuck you, you fucking stupid <laughs> whore. She's like, you limp dick piece of shit. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, he calls her. Yeah, and she starts talking about how he needs to get the invite looks out for this party she's having for her birthday and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, I'll get right on it. And so flash forward to his office where he is uh, shredding the list that she had sent him and typing up his own list, which I'm curious who was on her list Everybody. that he didn't want to fuck her whole, her whole birthday up. <laughs> Yeah, he did. But here's my here's the thing that I don't get. Oh, God, I guess we'll have to go into it later because it's part of this, because it looks like she planned on him to do this. There are so okay. first of all, there are so many explanations why this scene happens. First of all, we can tell it's 1999. Why are you saying no? No, that's not what happened. What happened then? So didn't something take over there? Yeah, that, computer that, that, that's one of the explanations. The yeah, a little bit later on. Yeah. How yeah, yeah the ghost hacked the computer. Yeah. The ghost hacked the computer. Right, but how did she well, play? No, that was another it? thing that's where just I'm... like, oh yeah, she she would her 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 and the ghost were in cahoots. <laughs> yeah. 
Go away and be sick. No, that's um, how you can tell it's the 90s is because in 99 is because they play Marilyn Manson's cover. Oh, yeah. And Sweet time a movie like does times. that, I'll give Trick or Treat a pass. But every time a movie does that, it's always a bad choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trick or Treat did do that. And it came out oh, yeah. like way, way after it should have been playing that song. <laughs> um, it's like 2007 was, was way too late to be throwing that in there. But um, yeah, it's it, and that's super uh, that's super distracting as well. Uh, turns out Marilyn Manson was originally considered to play the Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey Combs role in this film as the doctor. Mm. Um, I bet a lot more people would have been assaulted <laughs> if he did. I, I'm not going to make a joke about it. I'm not going to make a joke about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, uh, he makes his own list of, I guess, people. But uh, as we find out later, uh, the ghosts hack the computer. <laughs> they make their own list of people. Yeah, and it's like, aren't you, is it like, how far can this ghost travel? And then why is it a problem when the ghost? This is, it's also a thing that's very much can't. of the time. And it's what movie were we talking about not too long ago, where, uh, where, where it's like, oh, computers, like computers are scary. <laughs> where it's the movie wasn't about computers being scary, but it's like the whole thing about like technology, like we're going. Where like the internet is scary and like ghosts can hack your computer or whatever. There's another not too long ago that was like something in it also. Um, But yeah, it's another thing where it's like, oh, oh, it's coming to my brain. It's coming to my brain. Hold on. Uh, It's like a dad and a daughter, Mm. right? It was a camping movie. Was it Bloody Murder? that, That was one, but we didn't talk about the that on episode, did we? We talked talk. about Bloody Murder, but not as an episode. You said it wasn't it's interesting. Not, it wasn't enough stuff there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he decides to have the party. Everybody and hearses show up. That's pretty much the same as the original. Um, and you see, kind of like as they're going up there, um, you see the letters they were sent where it's like, hey, if you make it, you know, it's the day, one night. If you survive till the morning, I'll give you a billion dollars. And the whole time you're hearing sweet dreams, and uh, they all get dropped off uh, there. And Chris Kattan is—he's uh, actually the only character with the same name as his character, as the character from the original, which is William Pritchett. Um, and he owns—he owns the property, uh, which is the same as Elisha Cook's character in the original. Um, who's also kind of the uh, very nervous one in that one. Uh, but that's like Elisha Cook in like every movie he was in. He was always kind of like a nervous character. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, uh, okay, well, can, can we go inside? And they ask him like 900 questions. And then it's like, okay. Uh, they, 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 I feel like they ask him the same question like three different ways. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, can we just yeah. fucking go inside? <laughs> and he's like, okay. So they all go in there. Um, clearly not a house. <laughs> clearly not a house. Not a house uh, at all. Even though Chris Kattan's character was raised in it, his dad and his grandfather both owned it at different points. Um, it's just been handed down generationally. Um, they have a table 
like a long table there with refreshments because you know that's what you want you want some refreshments <laughs> if you go to spooky spooky house <laughs> and a nice bar is there and uh there's a strange strain glass strain <laughs> strange strain glass strange stained glass window above the table that plays no part in the whole movie but for some reason they bring a lot of focus to it <laughs> yeah they talk about it for, and then he said it was like a middle ages thing i'm like how old is this fucking building in the United fuck, States? Like fuck, it can't that be that old. Evil Dead Rise. Why is that shit there? <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Like, uh, yeah. So the Middle Ages would have been like tribal people. Yeah, in the US. Not, not glass <laughs> like, masons, and <laughs> that's it. Yeah, none of that. He's like, ah, ah yes, King Arthur of <laughs> Kansas, <laughs> like. <laughs> Right. And uh, they're all confused of why they're there. We're all confused of why they're there. Famke Jansen shows up and she's like, ah, you're on. Who the fuck are all of you? (laughs) I don't invite any of you. Like, Who are any of you people? And uh, they're like, we don't know why either. And she's like, my goddamn piece of shit husband. He set all this up. And she's all upset. And the glass immediately shatters. (laughs) Raining. Glass upon all of them, and Tay Diggs saves uh, Famke Jansen's life. Actually, we didn't even introduce who the five people. <laughs> I think Kristen Tan. It's Tay Diggs. He plays uh, Eddie Baker. He's a uh, baseball player. Yeah. Former uh, baseball player. It's uh, Ellie Larder, who introduces herself as – I can't remember. I can remember – spoilers, she's somebody else, but she introduces herself as somebody else who's a – of, of executive of a, of a VP, film. yeah, yeah, there you go. Jennifer, Jennifer Jensen, Jensen. Yeah. yeah, that I think, yeah, of a uh, job, VP babe. of a yeah, she paid more attention uh, uh, VP of a film production company. Um, Bridget Wilson as Melissa Margaret Marr, who is a celebrity trying to make it, she's trying to get like a funniest home video show or some shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, she had a game um, show or something. And uh, Chris Catan, who owns the property, of course, uh, Watson Pritchett, and um, Peter Gallagher, who is a uh, doctor, um, which is also a similar tissue with the original one. There's a dentist. They're all kind of like the characters that were in the original one. I think it's a test pilot, a secretary, um, a dentist, and a um, oh, man, like an heiress. And, uh, and the guy that owns a property. I think those are the five guests in the original one. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they uh, soon after that, of course, Stephen Price shows up in dramatic fashion, smoking a cigar, <laughs> looking very Vincent Price-ish, um, immediately sniping his wife. <laughs> Where she tells where she tells yeah she tells Tay Diggs to get off of her and calls him a pervert. It's like that's the first time she hasn't wanted Dick. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Man, this guy's a fucking asshole." It's like, why are we here? Like, what is happening? Oh, it's my stupid <laughs> slut wife's birthday. That's just why here. Well, why'd you invite us? Because she didn't know any of you. She didn't she care. Well, he has a tiny dick and how she's repulsed anytime that he's on top of her or whatever the fuck else. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably not in those words, but <laughs> I mean, later on, it gets that point where yeah, literally just saying shit like that in front of the people. It's like, 
how awkward is this whole night? Yeah, it's not even like <laughs> a couple you know. Like, how <laughs> awkward could this night get? This night could not get any worse. And it, just wait. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you know, people like that at Olive Garden, like sit next to you, <laughs> like, just be talking shit about each other. It's like, oh wow, yeah, very fancy dinner band, really showing off that bonus there. You fucking bitch, you cheated on me. <laughs> it's like, ah, can I, <laughs> I have can't some more we're just on the breadstick course. Can we already get the fucking dessert? <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Like, why yeah, even go it. out if you hate each other? <laughs> like, don't even pretend. pretend. <laughs> um, yeah, so you basically, you basically just, you basically <laughs> just explains to all of them, like, hey, uh, we're having a party. You guys stay all night. I'll give you a million dollars if uh, you're you're still alive whenever sun the sun comes up. If you're not, uh, your money gets divvied up amongst the survivors. Um, so you have the potential of making five well first is five but then i think he op- ups a pot to seven million because he starts saying seven um because i think he makes a little bit more for chris Catan's character who doesn't accept it but he gives he says he's gonna give it to him anyways i don't know later on he says seven but it should be five um and they're like okay and that's how we find out who each character is because he signs the checks already and they're all cashier checks uh, honestly that was a pretty good uh a pretty good like way to introduce everyone. Yeah. Who are you? Need to sign your check. Who are you? Need to sign your check. That's a good way to. Um, yeah. 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 What? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> what else you got? Uh, what happens next? No, no. You got. Oh, I thought you shared over. We're sharing custody. <laughs> we don't have to argue at oh, all. Okay. okay. <laughs> we can. This is why I got a fucking prenup. This, this is why I got a happy marriage. Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll have to kill me if you want the we've money. Been going to, we've been going to a counselor. We're trying to figure this out. We can share custody of this movie. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah. So as he's signing the checks, uh, all of a sudden the steel like emergency doors that every home is included with. <laughs> Yeah, it's a house. Hence why it's called house. <laughs> uh, starts closing, and Chris Catan's like, yeah, "Motherfucker!" Get out. He's like, "Get I out just of get here!" Get my money so I can go. Not, I don't want the million. I just want my like five hundred. Yeah, he's like, don't you want to yeah. try and win a million dollars? Yeah, he's like, want to try and win a million dollars? Like, fuck no! Like, give me my two hundred fifty bucks that you said I would get after introducing everybody. I'm out and. So the steel doors start closing and he gets trapped in and he starts yeah. screaming, God damn it, fuck, fuck, and just instantly Chris, Chris starts Kattan, trying to get drunk. This movie. I thought, yeah, I thought not way horrible for Chris it, but He's Kattan. actually not bad in the movie. He's, I mean, he's not great, but <laughs> it's definitely not his, like his coup de grace of Santa's <laughs> sleigh. That for like five seconds. But that's right. I mean, Christopher, <laughs> uh, bladed, uh, Apple's alumni. <laughs> Got to add a picture. Got to add mm-hmm. a picture to. Uh, um, <laughs> you you throw his picture on the Instagram and let him know that we're talking mad shit about him. <laughs> um, where was I? Yeah. Uh, so he gets stuck in there, and they're like, "Oh well." 
you know, he, you know, his wife's like, okay, funny, open up the stuff. We want to fucking leave, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I didn't close it. You're talking to the wrong guy. And he's acting all smooth about it. But nope. he's right. He didn't do that. <laughs> so they all start. He says, you know what? You guys get comfortable, get some drinks and some stuff. I'm going to run to the bathroom. And he goes upstairs and he talks to his little theme park guy who's working up there and spying on everybody and getting traps set up. And he's like, hey, uh, why'd you close the doors? He's like, I didn't close the doors. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> um, so he's like, huh, that's weird. Uh, I won't worry about that at all anymore. <laughs> Uh, now I'm trying well, to think of the chronologically where it goes. I think it goes to them talking. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of talking in the, the guest room. room. The, the, the next big thing that happens basically is just like a Russian, a Russian nesting doll of guns. We're just like, oh yeah, it's haunted. So uh, come to this coffin. And the coffin opens up. Inside the coffin are smaller coffins. <laughs> and then when you open up the True. smaller coffins are uh, 45 caliber pistols. <laughs> and. <laughs> that that right. have the the clip fused into the guns. Yeah, which yeah. is and weird. He's like, all right, so uh, you can uh, shoot the ghosts or shoot each other. I don't really give a fuck. But anyways, here's a gun, which always seems like a genius idea. Bonus points also, if you shoot my way. Also, like <laughs> um, a thing that is one of the big problems in the original one, which is like one of the multitude of things that could go wrong with, with, with the respective characters master plan. We're just like, Hey, um, uh, uh, I'm gonna give everybody a gun. No way this could go <laughs> south. <laughs> no way it could go south. All them having live ammunition <laughs> running around the house. and me scaring them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody's yeah. going to think twice, right? <laughs> It's not like I hired exactly. policemen. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's going to register that other people but are Bianca human Jansen beings. Is like, <laughs> you know what? I'm taking my gun and my booze to my room. And if any of you even come close to the fucking door, I'm going to unload the clip. And if any of you fuckers pop out of the <laughs> I'm fucking gonna smoke wall. you. And uh, yeah, so they, the, they're like, you know, we had to get out of here. Uh, the lights aren't on. Maybe we can find a way to get these blast doors open and the electricity back on. Let's go down to the basement. <laughs> and they go down to the basement and they're wandering around and a whole bunch of spooky shit happens. <laughs> and as I'm watching this segment, as remember, I realized that this is Halloween Horror Nights, the movie. <laughs> yeah, like when once you said that, like uh, uh, it was very much the like, oh. And some of the yeah, stuff, including like, the, the part that you miss when they have like the TV broadcast of like the place and all that, it feels like one of the, like whenever you watch the, um, whenever you're online for anybody that hasn't been Halloween Horror Nights, whenever you're online for Halloween Horror Nights, sometimes they have like a little like video thing playing as you're waiting in line. That's kind of like a setup for the house you're going to go into. It's not for all the houses, but some of them do it. Um, and it felt like one of those. And then when they walk around down the basement, the hallways felt, Halloween Horror Nights uh, production levels <laughs> felt like a Halloween Horror Nights yeah, maze. Pretty much. Um, and add that that 
on top of that, they shot some of the movie in Orlando at Islands of Adventure at Universal Studios. <laughs> then I'm just like, this is basically just Halloween Horror Nights the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very good uh, explanation for this movie. So, some expulsatory things happen as well. Such as showing the saturation chamber, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah, as, as, they're, as they're walking the halls, they're showing yeah. them each of these different, each of these different things that Doctor Vanna Cut did back whenever the facility was open. They were all completely illegal things to do, and they're all very clearly Nazi experiments. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's yep. a chamber. There's an electroshock chamber where they say that he liked electrocuting people in mass. There is a dome thing that you put somebody in into and it would basically make them go insane or make them go uninsane depending. Uh, and we've, we'll, we'll go more into that a little bit later on. Um, there's also a couple of other rooms. Um, of course, all of these get used. <laughs> yeah. And what was that, uh, highly, uh, highly accurate medical description of, uh, you see, he believed what made a sane man insane would make an insane man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the chamber. Yeah, that's how they describe it. Also, and everybody looked at him and was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, like what? <laughs> like, no, yeah. I think that would just make him worse. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, so they're wandering down the chambers and trying to look for um, a switchboard of some sort or to turn the lights on. Um, they split up because that's always a good idea. Um, Tay Diggs and Ellie Larder uh, have some flirtation. There's also some mild sexism throughout the movie because it's 99. <laughs> Different parts in the movie. Uh, yeah. I said, hold me up, not what was it? <laughs> like, where apparently he like yeah. uh, grabs her butt cheeks yeah, to help to her pull. up onto a gurney that could easily slide out from under her. Um, so she can rewire some wires. And he's like, Hey, you know who you say you are? And she's like, uh, sh- Sure, I am. He's like, Well, no way would a film producer know how to d- work on electric, which I'm like, What? Why not? <laughs> Maybe she, she seems very capable. <laughs> Oh, he said exactly. She said she's yeah. a film executive. Uh, and uh, like, no, yeah, I'm not. He's like, okay, like, well, no let's executive. keep wandering around. And then she immediately goes, okay, you're right. I'm actually the secretary. Uh, my name is actually Sarah. I'm, I'm the secretary to Miss Jensen. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't showed up. Invited. Turns around, Tay Diggs isn't there. Then Tay Diggs shows up, um, and his eyes are glowing. She doesn't notice. <laughs> He's very clearly possessed. She just starts following him around. He ends up in a room uh, over what seems to be just a vat of blood, <laughs> just randomly there, um, and jumps into it. She runs there, tries to pull him out of the vat of blood, and uh, Tay Diggs, the real Tay Diggs, shows up. He's like, what What are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, you jumped in here. He's like, no, I didn't. And they, they all have a good laugh, and everybody had a good time, and they go back to the hallway. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, um, film lady has already yeah, during been that time off. she went off on her own filming something and she gets ate by a wall. Yeah, pretty much. That, yeah, fucking that's Sonya Blade. The last you hear of her. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Apparently uh, lost that yeah. round. Fatality. <laughs> yeah, you don't ever see exactly what happens to her. Later on, you kind of do. Um, 
but yeah, Walls Eater. Um, everybody's very scared now. <laughs> Meet up back in the hallway. Everybody's very worried. Chris Kattan is super drunk. <laughs> Chris Kattan's just drunk the whole movie. Um, and yeah. highly strong. And after Peter Gallagher's like, do you have a psychiatrist? Because <laughs> I can, I can, you know, recommend you one. <laughs> um, and he's hitting up Famke Jansen, who's come out of a room at this point for some reason, or is that later on? I don't know. <laughs> but she shows up back down the bar. Um, yeah, spooky stuff happens. Yeah, I think the next. Uh... What would be the next big thing to happen? I guess yeah, it would big, be the next big thing that happens is that Fanky Jansen goes back to her room. Stephen Price goes back to his the guy that's helping him in the control station to check on him. Turns the chair around, his whole face is gone. <laughs> like not his appearances, yeah. his whole like front of his face is caved in, <laughs> like it's ripped off. You see the inside, um, and then on the camera he sees uh, Doctor Vanicut, the ghost of Doctor Vanicut wandering around um jeffrey combs just wandering around the hallways he runs the hallways looking for him uh he also while he's in the station sees that famke jansen is sleeping in the bed in her bed um yeah well no he's looking for that he's looking for the doctor he says that later on he's like yeah i've been chasing around the hallways like i've been oh I, i don't know what happened to her because what happens they start hearing screaming they run down the basement and she's getting electrocuted (laughs) <laughs> and that's whatever he says. Like, I've been chasing the mustache man around the hallway trying to figure out who he is. Uh, is like, like, you have a mustache. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for yeah. me. Yeah, that's when the electrocution time. happens. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's... Uh, uh, it ends up being his wife being electrocuted. And for some reason, that has rekindled his love. And he's like, no! No, this whole plot of murdering my wife and she's getting murdered. This is awful. No! And they finally get it off, get off the electricity. And he's like, oh, God, my sweet, sweet, lovely lady. You weren't that bad. Ooh-hoo-hoo. And then immediately was like, well, all right, on to the This is my first rodeo. (laughs) I've had many wives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So now they're all uh, walking around and uh, going back to the saturation chamber. Or wait, was this? No, not yet. They didn't. No, this is about to happen. But I mean, wh- they go to the central. They they think this that he has something to do with it, so they don't trust him now. So they decide right. to throw him into the saturation chamber. They're like, we're just gonna keep him right. in here. And Blackbird, uh, no way anything could go wrong if we just lock him in this thing. <laughs> and they're like, Blackburn, you okay yeah. with watching him by yourself in this house where and Peter Gallagher's like, yeah, a few yeah. times. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine, man. <laughs> Whatever. And they don't find that weird at all. He's like, thanks, bro. I'm really trying to hit up this. <laughs> We're going to split off here. against it. Like, cool. Whatever. <laughs> I got him. And then, uh, yeah. He's like, you were the best wingman ever. <laughs> it's like, I'll get murdered for you to get laid. Yeah, they didn't have a question. Like, cool. All right. Yeah. You stay here and you watch him. Even though there's no way he's going to be able to break out of this 
locked dome. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> How often did you react to the movie like that in general? Yeah, that's got kind of, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's how most of it felt because there's just like so many parts where it's like, well, how do you explain this? It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh Stephen Price is locked in the in the fucking um saturation chamber. Turns out, oh no, that's right where Peter Gallagher wanted him because he turns the saturation chamber on. And you're like, what is he doing? Has Peter Gallagher lost his mind? Is he possessed by the ghost? And uh, uh, Jeffrey Rush is in there, and 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 it's like a little pick of Jeffrey Combs <laughs> just running around him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it gets faster and faster, and uh, it starts. He puts his goggles on, starts hallucinating, um, and starts driving him slowly insane. Um, and Peter Gallagher goes back to Famke Jansen's body um, and starts making out with it. <laughs> starts filling it up and starts putting his hands all her. over. And then he hits her with an injection needle. She comes back alive, starts kissing him. Oh my God, they're in cahoots. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Really glad that the ghost <laughs> helped her plan this out. So it's like, yeah, we did it, baby. <laughs> I got, I, she's like, did you kill him? I was like, no, but I put him in a saturation chamber and he's, yeah, he's, he's not like, going to be dead, but he's, he's going to want to be dead. Probably. I don't know. I don't even know if it works. I mean, it is 1920 technology. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, what's in there? Well, it's a guy dribbling a basketball. <laughs> it's like, if that makes you crazy, you bet your fucking ass it does. Have you ever watched the NBA? I couldn't sleep like, for weeks. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's frame him for murder. <laughs> How do we do that? <laughs> Stabs him. <laughs> and, you know, it's another one of the main, like, it, it's a, it's a holdover from the original film where part of Vincent Price's plan is that one of the people have to be manic enough to shoot him which he has a bulletproof vest on in the original one. Um, and the plan is, Hey, it has to be the secretary. She's, she's already like super freaked out. She's gonna be so freaked out that she's going to shoot me on accident. It's part of my plan, which that could have went terribly wrong. Another, another multitude of things that could go terribly wrong. And yeah. this one, they have the same. Strange thing is she <laughs> expected to do a headshot. In, the, in, the, in this <laughs> one, it's the same thing where they're like one of them are going to shoot so it's part of their plan not the vincent price character's plan in this one of being like okay i want them to shoot me except later on it is it turns out it is part of his plan also <laughs> it just dawned on me yeah, but she's like we want to make one of them so manic that they shoot him because they think he's crazy and I think it's going to be Ellie Larder's character because it looks like she's got some cojones unlike Tate Diggs character <laughs> um, and uh, it's like but we need to we need to set it up more so yeah she stabs Peter Gallagher <laughs> and uh, they go back to check on uh, Jeffrey Rush who has not insane. I guess it didn't work. I don't know. Like, maybe he was he's driven insane. insane. He's, he's like, I love my insane. wife now. 
I am curious about what all the haunted gags he made in the house were. Because <laughs> they don't they don't even show any of them. Yeah, yeah they don't even um, talk about it like times, he did. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I was just going <laughs> to jump out with a sheet and say boo a few times. This yeah, went downhill he- real quick. The, the, house the, the, dream, the dream sequences downhill. are pretty cool, though. They're 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 kind of like Lynchian, like there's some cool imagery in there. That's yeah. what they use. The Dick, What's the right, point? They use that's the Dick the Smith creature point. and all that. I mean, it's it's some cool stuff. But yeah, he just breaks out of the chamber, or somebody lets him out. They open it to see what's going on. Yeah, because they notice it's running. And well, yeah, but how did, how, did, how did Jeffrey Rush get out of it? Off. Does he just open the door? <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Rush? He was at, he came out of it after they... Oh, the, she just put the body in there with him. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Which he also yeah. cut his fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's not enough just to stab Peter Gallagher. I'm going to decapitate this motherfucker it's like maybe maybe fucking jeffrey rush is right maybe you are fucking crazy <laughs> but you are an awful person you're both awful you're both terrible human beings uh yeah, he's jeffrey rush is insane. Anymore. He's, he's like scared. listen i'm not crazy anymore <laughs> baby i'm gonna take you on the best vacation ever so what happens after that they they do they all just run away from him <laughs> God, I'm trying. Yeah, they start running away. Well, wait a minute. She yeah. runs into him in the hallway, though. So maybe this he was, was like, out of saturation chamber out of first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Unless she let him out and then yeah. put in the body. Yeah, exactly. But then I think that would give him. No, 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 no. It was it is. Evelyn. Evelyn releases him. Yeah, whatever. Before she puts the body in there. Okay. Okay. So then. Yeah, and then she. Uh, whenever Sarah finds him, that's whenever she shoots. I think she shoots him the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, Tadex is like, whoa." <laughs> these white people love shooting people <laughs> and that still rings true to this day um yeah so he takes the gun from her and he's like it's okay he was a bad guy like don't worry about it um and then you find out where he wanted to get that. shot also because he has a bulletproof vest on and blood packs <laughs> Yeah, because his wife is like, ha, 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 revealing my plan. You just had to sign that prenuptial. I just loved your money. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> He's like, you bitch. <laughs> Rip shirt off. Showing, starts strangling her. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And then he throws her through a wall. And then that wall leads to a secret chamber where the walls are made out of melted medical equipment <laughs> the ground starts moving and she's like is this you he's like no it's not me get up quick get up and she gets up but now there's a giant <laughs> black vagina ghost 
attacking everyone. And then how would you how would you rate how the creature maw. looks? <laughs> so uh, here's the thing awful. about first of all, I like the concept of it trying to be this like Lovecraftian Rorschach creature. It looks like a blink in ink blot test. Um, yeah. It's very like a Lovecraftian, and that, that's pretty cool. Um, turns out that was not done with CGI. Yeah, um, allegedly. When? <laughs> uh, let me see where it was. Um, I think that was from like the cast taking like um, – it's a practical effect. They were just basically uh, – taking pictures there's all kinds of footage they shot like the crew the cast and stuff like that and then they just kind of like overlapped it all over each other and then just kind of pasted it um yeah uh so it wasn't wow. computer generated That's... it was just a really sloppy editing technique um also i forgot to mention this, this is a pretty cool uh, practical effect they use also whenever he's in the uh, chamber with like the flickering and all that they put a they put a uh, um, a spinning saw blade in front of the camera to get the flickering effect yeah oh so that's that was pretty neat uh but yeah now they're all just running from this this thing that's just yeah probably like a buzz what saw. kind of saw <laughs> yeah probably something a like table that saw yeah one of them. <laughs> Let's just spin real fast. Um, okay. Yeah, they're just running around, running from this creature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're just sucking people in. It immediately kills Evelyn. It immediately just like, just sucks her right in. <laughs> yeah. This part, I was laughing pretty hard through most of it. <laughs> they're all just running away from it. And what? Just up and down yeah, the hall. The rest of the it movie is them running away. Chris Catan eventually. Um, they they all they decide they had to get up into the attic. They had to get the pulley system, which I guess they could have done this whole time. It's like let's go to the pulley system and we can just pull the the blast doors up so we can get out. <laughs> so they run up there. Turns out it works. There is a pulley system up there. They're like, shit, why didn't yeah, you mention Jeffrey this Rush a long time ago? Out. He's like, oh, I got it open. I did it. And uh, then he gets ate by the creature. Um, but right before... Yeah, because yeah, he's a good guy now. Like, he's, not, he's not insane anymore. He's sane now. He's sane. <laughs> he's not, That's true. He was insane, but he's like, hey, I'm not crazy anymore, guys. <laughs> and they're like, okay, better trust him. <laughs> Turned out his wife was pretty awful. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, ends up saving her. Well, no, that that's what what happens outside. is that he fixes the blast doors, but before Tay Diggs and Ellie Larder can get outside, it gets closed again, and they're like, "Oh my god, we can't get out. We can't." Go. Oh yeah, he's stuck well, on no, the she side. Gets out first. And Tay Diggs. The ghosts come up, and it's like, "I'm adopted." That was a twist we forgot to mention. They go into the office of Doctor Vanica. Turns out, all of them are all are all uh, descendants of the, the medical staff at the facility. And that's why the ghosts hacked the computer to bring them all there. But they didn't know that two of them... <laughs> okay, well, she goes... There's a deleted scene in the film with her and her boss and shows why she has the invitation. So, But they, they got rid of that, so it's not explained in the regular cut of the film. But the ghosts didn't know that Tate Diggs was adopted... <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're, they're trying to get their vengeance on four people and this okay. guy, I guess. <laughs> so Tay Diggs thinks he's fucked. He thinks he's fucked. He's like, oh, no, I'm adopted. And then I'll know where the ghost of Chris Catan shows up. <laughs> Pulling up the road. His life. The most unexpected... The most unexpected spectral save. <laughs> and he of saves all Tay time. Diggs' life. And because of that, he is the ire of the rest of the ghosts for the rest of his time being stuck to this to this building. They all hate him. Then <laughs> nobody talks to him anymore. <laughs> He's just stuck there for eternity and nobody likes him. So you know this place isn't so bad when nobody <laughs> Yeah, and so it comes you. to your favorite ending. What's the ending part of their place? <laughs> okay, so they're sitting there at the the top of where you see the beginning of the movie, like at the edge of the cliff, at the top of the building, like where it's like a death drop down. Oh, also I want to mention, so this ghost can travel all the way to the city computer. to change yeah. like addresses on computers and shit. But as soon as you close yeah. those blast doors, right. it's done. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so as they're sitting there, they're like, oh, I can't believe we made it. Hey, what's this envelope? <laughs> it's the checks. <laughs> wow. This is so great. We got these checks all signed. <laughs> Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> you mean Donkey Kong laugh, right? And then yeah, they're... Right. Yeah, Donkey Kong laugh. And uh, it backs out on them slowly as they're laughing. And she goes, how do we get down from here? <laughs> and Blaze said, jump. <laughs> well, we all know, yeah. Blaze, that uh, pulley systems, yeah. those are the weaknesses of ghosts, so... That explains the one problem. You're overthinking it. Everybody that knows that. The pulley systems. Ghosts can't do anything about old pulley systems. <laughs> yeah, and that is House on Haunted Hill. Would you recommend House on Haunted Hill, please? It sure was. Well, too fucking bad, because next episode we're doing 13 Ghosts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, we are kind of doing a dark. If you want to wrap it up thing. by doing Ghost Ship after that, we can also. That movie's a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> that will we'll have our episode. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend. I, I would recommend it. I actually gave it a six out of ten um, on Letterboxd. Uh, I think it is very much of its time, but I didn't hate it. I had a good enough time. I, I like how silly it is. It's very silly. <laughs> It's very much. It's so much of the time. It's very silly, and I liked. I liked Jeffrey Rush being very over the top in it. <laughs> I like the violence being over the top, and you know what? They got me in the mood for Halloween Horror Nights. So <laughs> that's yeah, fair. all right. I guess that brings us to our next segment. That's fair. There we go. We'll see if we're to go back and re-edit it in. But that is another curation of Blaze's video game and cabinet curiosities. <laughs> that sounded way better than the trailer did earlier. Dope. Yeah, that worked way better. Uh, I must have <laughs> just gotten a bad quality trailer. <laughs> All right. So, what video game you got? 
Well, as I said, we're talking about a new release game. Uh, it is on PC. It is on PlayStation. It is on Xbox. You can all play it unless you have a stupid, a shitty Switch. Um, I do, and there it's worthless. <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. There, yeah. There's some decent there's stuff a lot of old every classic three games years on it. On it. Um, yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, if you pay. I guess, or yeah, I could just get an emulator <laughs> for free. Um, today we're talking about. Okay, I was curious about Dead Island. This is good or not. Naughty Dog. Um, I gotta say, man, um, it plays like if you're um, familiar with Dead Island, are you I, I Dead Island player, like super immersed in it though. <laughs> No, I, I think this one is definitely the best of the series because I've played Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide. Um, but this it, it, I always kind of had trouble getting into like the original ones and it just kind of made you lose interest. But uh, I enjoy the story in this one. I, I think it's more interesting and I like that there's more of an explanation for why it's like, why is it my dude could get fucked up by zombies and be OK? And in this one, they're like, oh, you you actually have a uh, oh, yeah. something in your blood that makes you immune to it. And it's like, you're actually really important. And your guy has made his goal. He's like, I, I got to get to the CDC. Like, I got to get to the CDC so they can get a strain of this and start curing people or making people immune to it and then just taking out what's left of the zombies. Um, so... This the graphics are really incredible for the kind of game it is. Uh, so especially in like, um, I know it's funny we got this and Paige was so excited because she's like, you know, I really love Dead Island and blah blah blah. And I'm like, really? I never pictured you liking that game. Like the first part, she's like, I just wish you could be like third person in the other one, and I wish you were still the newscaster guy. I'm like, I'm like, are you talking about Dead Rising? She's like fuck <laughs> it's not what i wanted so she thought it was a new dead rising but she's uh, right. she has played dead island she just confused with, the two I mean, titles um dead island came out a few years after the first dead rising right three or four years after yeah it was a couple years i think it was a couple years after left for dead because it was supposed yeah. to be like the competing game of left for dead i think uh because left for dead was like perfect uh that's all right i love left for dead man i love that game uh i didn't play you don't like left for dead too damn that's great well i think the thing is you have to be with other people you know no (laughs) oh well this game's for you then because it's a lot this the nice part is you can do online co-op with friends through the story which is pretty neat you get a selection of characters you can choose from, like usual in Dead Island, but they make them very interesting. And the graphics on the characters is really impressive, like the way they make them look. Um, so you uh, sneak on a plane uh, that is getting people out of L.A., which everyone calls Hell A now because it's infested by zombies. Ha <laughs> um, your plane crashes before it gets anywhere because somebody snuck on who was infected. Um, there's a couple survivors. Your guy gets bit like immediately 
and he's like going through it and he's like feeling sick and eventually he gets through the sickness passes out wakes back up he's like how the fuck am i still alive and he runs into somebody who explains that oh shit you you must be immune as well because it's like him and this one guy from one of the other games that is immune and uh, so i i think it's really fun how they play into the like the damaging like the weapon creation is pretty cool but it's it's not like as into like original as like dead rising where you can like mm. make literally anything and put it together this is like um you know you'll get specific items and some versions of them are stronger than others like night sticks or anything like that but you can equip it to like do electrical shocks like he'll wrap some wires around it and put a rubber handle on the end and put a battery attached to it so it can deliver some like jolts while you hit and you can do cool stuff like that with the weapons uh and the damage done on the zombies is really impressive like you could see like the skin ripping up when you hit people or like when the damaging is happening, you'll see in the body area where it's like, oh, you sliced them in the chest. Like there's now a big gaping hole in their chest or it rips open their stomach when you stab them with something. Just really cool shit like that. And I'd say there's a lot of like, it's impressive to me. Like I'm not saying that there aren't copies of zombies. You have to do that in these games. There's no way you can make 100% original zombies when ha- the mm. whole game is hundreds of zombies attacking you. But for the most part, it, it's it's rare to see two of nice. the same looking kind of zombie in yeah. the same area. Okay. Yeah, which is really cool to me. Um, it's super fun. Uh, the story's been good. Gameplay's been good. Uh, you meet it, it's funny because it's it's instead of people being on vacation like the other dead islands it's a bunch of famous people trapped in los angeles <laughs> uh and the other thing that really really impressed me and Paige is uh there's a part where you're in venice beach and they copied it like exactly like it looked exactly nice. how like when we would go visit venice beach yeah it was really cool so uh, I definitely think it is the best one in the series, and I'm really enjoying it. We haven't uh, finished it yet. We're getting pretty close to the end here, though. So if nice. you haven't tried awesome. it yet, get Dead well, Island 2. I, I, was, I was curious to how it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's great. All right. It's, it's, well, it's a lot of fun. That brings us to our next segment, another entry into mythology biology. There we go. All, All right. right. So what do we got? So this one, I don't even need my papers oh, for because I watched videos on him. Today we're talking about <laughs> all the way from jolly old England, jolly old England and the marshes and the moors. Um, so what we have today uh, is, uh, as you know, a lot of England was before you know, people started like agriculture and stuff like that in the, the olden times, a lot of it was like marshes and bogs and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, there was a lot of fear behind, uh, all of these because 
<clears throat> a lot of times it would be the only way to get to cities or something like that. And there was this fear of, uh, you know, getting trapped in the mud and getting sucked down into the bog. You know, we've seen those bog bodies and stuff. Usually they're murdered victims or sacrificial victims, but people had a big fear of it accidentally getting sucked in, especially when they had to travel at night or anything like that. And there uh, are actually still reports of this uh, entity we're talking about today and something that they had been talking about for years and years and years in England. Uh, and he is called okay. the Lantern Man. Uh, and he is this uh, spectral entity that carries uh, this lantern that waves through the bushes and the reeds and the moors. Um, and for some reason, this just seems to be his the area he is around. And uh, a lot of people believe he came from the, the legend of like will-o'-wisps and stuff like that. And he was yeah. the only, like, because do you know what a will-o'-wisp is? Okay, so yeah, you, like, and they believed uh, a lot of the sightings and stuff were due to like swamp gas uh, causing these weird lights, which can happen. And there's actually some crazy footage. If you go online and look up swamp gas footage, like you'll see some crazy like weird lights that somehow like are compounded by the th- the chemicals that come out of the gas in the air. Mm-hmm. And when they combine, it makes these crazy lights. It's really weird. Um, so you could totally see where people got these ideas like, oh, my God, like not knowing anything about science right. and everything. I mean, that's true, but because still. God, you know, <laughs> all because of our Lord and Savior. Sure. OK. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so the Lantern Man uh, seemed to hunt people that came to this area, uh, unlike Will-O-Wisps, which would lead people to going to their deaths. The Lantern Man was known to attack people and force them into the mud. Um, <clears throat> but uh, there was tons of sightings back in the day, and a lot of people wrote uh, like encounters with him, even in like really early periods, like the 1600s, would write how they had seen the Lantern Man. Um, and they still do today. Um, and again... Uh, even though most of the bogs and moors are kind of washed up, people say they still see them around the same areas. Um, my guess is probably swamp gas, but <laughs> um, they actually wrote an account uh, where they believed one of their friends was killed by uh, the lantern man in the bog. Uh, they had a group of people staying at this cabin that was out near the area and the man had forgotten something outside and they're like, don't go outside tonight. Just wait till tomorrow. It'll be there tomorrow. Guy said they were all crazy, refused, came back, uh, or never came back. <laughs> so um, never ended up finding his body. Like they even got like authorities to try and help and look for the man. They could never find him. Um, so uh, yeah, he is uh, easily tricked though. and the way they would uh, do this, they would have a lot of things like if you, you know, throw something to distract and basic shit. But the thing that gets his attention the most is people whistling, which is weird. For some reason, if you whistle, that's like an automatic, you're going to get attacked by him. So what people would actually start doing, they actually had like instructions on this written down in the past 
of how to trick him. And it was that each person would go on a far off part of the bog and they would, one Mm -hmm. would whistle. And when he got close to them, the other one would whistle and he would just keep going back and forth until they got to the end to escape. Yeah. And they actually wrote instructions for it, which I find is really weird because, you know, you see a lot of like, Oh, you know, do chants and do stuff like this or light some incense in a lot of these like instructionals, how to get away from entities and stuff. But this one's like, it seems really hands on. Like, it's like, huh, like they really like were thinking he was after them in that moment. Like this wasn't like a, I assume this is a spirit because all these bad things are happening. They're like, no, I'm fearing for my life immediately. (laughs) Like. Cool. So yeah, that's actually that's super the story, story of the Lantern Man. Yeah, so uh, they have uh, various versions of this throughout the world, and I think they're probably all uh, from the Swamp Gas. But it's just really interesting to think of, like he. So most of them are all lights, but Lantern mm-hmm. Man is the only one who's known to have a body out of all of them like all the other ones are just considered lights that lead people to their death lantern man's the only one that has a physical body oh. and uh will attack you yeah, yeah so kind of interesting violent. compared to the other <laughs> ones royal asshole. yeah yeah right well that and he has a body right, he's cool. not just the light right, well uh <laughs> that so. is it for another episode of bladed apples if you want to get a hold of us you can you can write us an email at bladedapplespod at gmail.com or on the Instagram at bladedapplespodcast. Uh, you got a recommendation, you got a review, or you got something you want to come on and promote. Um, you got comment, question, concern. Yeah, you can hit us up on there. Uh, We're here for Steph it. and Myers for doing the art uh, for, for the podcast. Uh, check them out on Instagram. We're at Crawling Panther Tattoo on instagram as well and thanks to blaze for being an awesome co-host uh and editing all this stuff uh next week we'll be doing 13 ghosts the next film that dark castle productions put out which is another remake of another william castle film uh so that's what we'll be doing next week uh anything to add blaze all right remember every day is halloween See so please later, act accordingly Bye. Bye-bye.